Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's episode of Vention, where people find passions and passions find people. Today, I am with my sister, Kayla Peterson. What's up? Without further ado, here we go. I have no musical ability. I can't do anything for you. What? How do I do a countdown? What should be a good countdown? <clears throat> All aboard! Choo choo! What's your favorite book? My favorite book, even though that's an incredibly hard question. Actually, just recently, I have finally narrowed it down. Uh Uh-oh. What? It's one book. I got down to one book. You should be proud of me. Yeah, but how long is that going to last? Forever. And that's why I decided to crown it oh, my okay. favorite book okay. because it's this just going to be special. It's just going to be forever. It is Till We Have Faces by C.S. Lewis. It's Ooh. a retelling of a myth um that C.S. Lewis does and um he puts in Christian allegory and beautiful, colorful storytelling in like a myth style. Um, but he takes it from a different angle and it's absolutely incredible. Uh, what kind of like C.S. Lewis? Um, My man. C.S. Lewis is. So actually, a little bit of backstory, something that I just discovered about myself. I just asked a question on Instagram about if you could go to dinner with anyone ever, who would it be? So I got all these um, all these answers, and for me, that would be hard to pick between like somebody like quote-unquote famous or inspirational and like biblical, because there are lists and lists of biblical characters that I would um, like to to talk to, but if we're narrowing that down, my two were C.S. Lewis and the Apostle Paul, and what I thought was interesting once I started thinking about them hand in hand is their conversion stories, and honestly, their life stories are very similar because um, C.S. Lewis was actually a proud atheist, mm-hmm. and then he like went to war, um, he got into just different things, thinking about life. And he just turned and he's, um, he became a Christian and he's an incredibly intelligent man. And then that's where all of his efforts went into because, I mean, Christianity then was every part of his life. So, um, so everything that he writes is ultimately Christian Based And for the people who are not Christian, he's just an incredible author, which he is, but the people who are, they can read deeper into the allegories and, and um, see where he's going and where he's coming from there. So I just think he's incredible because just interlacing the, the faith and literature aspect is beautiful. For those that don't know, what is C.S. Lewis most famous for? Mm, the Chronicles of Narnia, mm-hmm. the, the children's, children's stories. Um, so books are a very major underlying part in your passions. 
Um, so much so that it leads into your job. Yes, I am currently, well, I mean, at the end of this year, week, wow, at the end of this school year, which is the end of this week, I will be a college senior, and I'm still trying to wrap my head around that, but I am going to school for secondary English education, which basically is 6th through 12th grade literature, English language arts teacher. And what do you do? What does that entail? That um, entails, I mean, everybody's been in a literature class, so that's what I want to be. Um, a teacher of reading, writing, grammar. My favorite, I, I, I do like to, I love to write, but that is harder for me to teach. But I love to teach literature and books and stories and themes and all that. So that is my passion and what I am going on to do. Um, was there any key individual who inspired you in this direction? I think there have been multiple people throughout my life that cultivated different kinds of things in me to want to be a teacher because a teacher is a, is a job that covers a lot of facets. Um, they do a lot of things that include a lot of skill sets. I'm not saying I'm an incredibly skilled person, but there are different things in my life that have pointed to that. Um, if you would have asked me, even in high school, and especially in middle school, if you would have told me that I was going to be a teacher, I would have laughed in your face. Mm-hmm. Ha ha. Like, there Dude. is absolutely uh, no way that I would have dreamed that I would become a teacher, but... My, um, I've adored my literature class, my literature teachers from my seventh and eighth grade teacher is still a close, good friend of mine. And my junior and senior year teacher, he really, and it might be that C.S. Lewis part too. He really cultivated, um, we were still a public school, but he cultivated faith and literature and just did it so beautifully and he was such an intelligent person um that inspired me I had a soccer coach who put me he basically believed in me and put me in a leadership role that um really helped me see in myself certain skills of leadership and um helping and caring for people Mm -hmm. that I didn't know I had so those are a couple integral parts but I feel like a lot you know throughout your whole life um stuff is working out for you what it um and you've only been doing this for one semester uh assistant teaching or oh um my job job right now yeah yeah um so for work actually what I do right now is I work at a school in the special education program actually which again nothing I ever dreamed I'd do but the perfect, most wonderful, beautiful place for me. And I am so in love with the work. And with this program, we call ourselves coaches because we really want to get our kids who are talented in different ways. We still want to get them into classrooms doing as much as they possibly can. So we like to call ourselves coaches rather than aides because we're not there to do things for them, but to coach them properly and to... Um, how they can learn and grow in 
their specific ways. So that's what I am doing right now. I've done for the last year. So my junior year in college, um, I've been going to school and I work part-time in most, in actually all ELA classes right now. So I'm in ELA classes with different students with special needs, um, coaching them. And some of them I teach one-on-one. What is, uh, because through that whole experience, what have you learned? Like, What's pretty major? Oh my goodness! You, you learn something every single day, every minute. I'm learning. Um, I went into this profession with like big, starry eyes and bright ideas about not like for the money, not for the money. Arizona's like the worst for. I'm on a rant here. Uh, okay, go. <laughs> I went into this profession with starry eyes and bright ideas to change all of these kids' lives, but honestly, they've changed mine more than I have theirs. And I know that sounds sappy, but it is like absolutely the truth. Anybody who's in this line of work knows and understands whether you're in teaching or in special education. It's just, it's so beautiful. It's so stinking hard, but it's it's wonderful. Um, I think I rabbit trailed. What did you ask? Um. What you learned. What I learned. Um, so, yeah, every day is um, is a learning. Just, just, I just learn something every single day. But I would have to say that the biggest thing I've learned, because I am going to school for traditional education, so not specializing in special education. And before this, that wasn't something. Obviously, I have a heart for it, but I wasn't necessarily interested in the aspect that this is the one thing I want to do. Nothing really tied me to that. But going into this, um, going into it as a future teacher with a classroom of all kinds of kids, it has shown me how important it is to know each of your children's, sorry, again, in the education world, we call them our kids, to know all of your students' um, abilities And the main thing I've learned just in its entirety is that disabilities, we only call them disabilities because they're unlike us and we can't understand them. But I believe they're basically superpowers in disguise. All of these kids are so gifted and talented in ways that a lot of us are not. Even if it's just their personality and their outlook on life, it's absolutely beautiful and incredible. And I've learned that, you know, we're not all that different. We're actually very similar. And, um, yeah, they're some of my best friends. And I love hanging out with them all the time. And especially during this uh, time of the of the coronavirus, um, you have to take classes online. And how is that? <laughs> well, I take my college classes online and I teach online. Teaching has been a struggle, but, um, and I've seen it a couple places too, which I'm glad people are recognizing this, but with all of the shutdowns, it's really shown what is integral in our society, um, which I think our society really needed a shakeup to see that nurses and first responders and teachers, um, and the list goes on, but they are what holds our society together. And it's been hard, but it's been incredible to see the amount of work and dedication. And I mean, 
we went on spring break and the next week and that's when it was announced that we would not be going back to school and the next week we started school on the next Wednesday so I mean we just hit the ground running and yeah it's um learning some stuff works some stuff doesn't but we just go with the flow and our kids have been so um flexible and wonderful and we're all just going with it I miss them so much that's the worst um I miss seeing them and I miss being with them but otherwise like learning wise man we are getting stuff done yeah Mm -hmm. um like even though you're like new in the world of teaching experience wise uh is there anything that you have to say on behalf of teachers for the world or to teachers just Mm -hmm. during this period of time teachers to teachers you are amazing and incredible and keep it up and to the world man i have a whole rant no, uh, I could I could say one. a lot <laughs> just because I believe in, um, I don't know, America has kind of lost their respect for teachers. Um, mm-hmm. As um, you were about to mention before, Arizona is incredibly low in pay, but states across the U.S. are not, do not pay their teachers enough for how much, how much they work and how much effort goes into it. And I don't know. Like, just dropping it to the parents who have all their kids home right now. That's what we do. But with 30 <laughs> kids in a classroom, um, teaching them things that they don't want to do. and In a place that they don't want to be. In a place that they don't want to be not talking when they do want to be talking. So, um, I think maybe this is kind of an eye-opener to people about the the magnitude of teachers in our society and the importance of them and that we should maybe just appreciate them more because they are everyday superheroes. Mm-hmm. And um, this has been, this randomly just came to mind. Mm-hmm. Every stu- Every teacher has like a different outlook as everybody has different outlooks on everything. Like even police officers, you'll have mm-hmm. some that do it for the right reason and others for the wrong reason. And that's for everything, managerial positions. But as a teacher, when it comes to like grades and stuff, how everybody like dislikes them for this reason or that reason. um, Is there anything on behalf just on, in that regards, like everybody's has their own individual way of teaching, but how does that correlate to the um, legality side of grades and, uh, different things like that. Like state standards and stuff? Yeah. Well, that's that's really hard to do. And I do believe there are good teachers and bad teachers. I believe even um, the bad teachers are in it for the right reasons because all of the schoolwork and all... Like, everything a teacher does next to the pay, like, you have to have passion. There's absolutely... Besides the kids, which you have to be passionate about, there's no other reason that you would be in this line of work um, because it's hard. And um, so nobody's just in it for any reason. But there are bad teachers too because I truly believe, I mean, you can teach a college student who wants to go into education. You can read them all the textbooks, but teaching is a lot about um, personality 
and personability and you need to be able to um, connect with your students. Like at the end of the day, that really matters. You are cultivating lives and dreams and you are sending young souls out into the world to become adults and go on and shape the world. Um, so even if you're doing little things to change them, you're, you still have this, this massive role. Um, as f- it is really hard because you have to match everything that you're doing um, in one school year to state standards and grades and all that. And that isn't easy, but it is kind of like in any other job goals or um, things that you just kind of have to check mark. Like that's just, that's just part of the job. Um, coming down to like the personal nature of each individual teacher, how does one, uh, like find the right age group? Mm. Like, is there, there has to be specific characteristics for each individual group. Cause I have heard people who have said, oh, I would totally do like first and second grade and others. I would never do that. Yeah. Ever. It's kind of funny in the, in the education world. And I'm talking like college and university and stuff. You you can meet somebody and they'll be like, oh, I'm in education. And like by this point, I'm going into my fourth year. Like my friends and I talk about this. You can pinpoint somebody and like stereotype wise, you can basically tell like, oh, that's. And obviously I'm secondary English. So everybody in their own content thinks they're basically superior. So we can basically look at somebody and be like, you are for sure an elementary teacher. Like, you could just tell. I don't, I don't know how to explain it to people who are not in education. Is it more outgoing? Elementary teachers are just like, well, it it is different in everything that you go into, too. Because then in secondary, so in secondary, those are the classes that you start to change classes. So everybody has a specific content area, i.e. math, English, science. Um, just think back on your high school. So... Then in our own secondary world, if somebody tells us, oh, yeah, I'm a high, I'm going to be a high school teacher, you're like, oh, I bet you're a math person. That was, They're just like, okay, math But we need those people. Oh, we need them. Like but nothing's it, derogatory in the different, like, sections. It's no. like it, there has to be that no, person to fill the role. No, that's not what I'm saying No, I, I know. I, I know. I'm, I'm just reiterating. No, hear me out. Oh, okay. It's just there's like, and sometimes we're wrong. But it's like the stereotypes speak for themselves. Like they're just true. Like the math people are just one way. And history people are a lot like theater people. They're very outgoing, very passionate, lovely, wonderful people. They're my friends. Yeah. But it's funny. It's just funny. I mean, you have to tell me that. It like, just works. In business or, you know, in the medical field, different like an ICU nurse and a um prenatal nurse like they're just telltale signs they're just a little bit different um so it is a personality thing because those stereotypes do speak for themselves um so there's obviously interest leads into it I love 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 little kids but I couldn't lasso 23 of them and teach them how to read inside four walls for five hours a day like that would be so hard so nothing at all like I think yeah 
I think elementary teachers are heroes because I could never do that. But elementary teachers think I'm a hero because they could never do high school. So it is a personality thing too. To their specialties. Absolutely. It, it's, there's a, you, you have a calling and a passion for a certain specialty within education, just like you're called or have a passion to any job mm-hmm. ever. Uh, so why did you choose secondary education? Um, I love English. English is a major passion of mine, as we already talked about. And I like that age group of kids. I like to be able to go into my classroom and have a camaraderie and have a friendship with my students on a higher level. And um, I don't know. Uh, be buds and not have to like talk down to them as children, which honestly, kids are my friends. I don't really talk down to them anyways, but just, um, I love the idea of presenting mature themes to them and talking about them and like, I don't know, shaping their minds and lives at the time when they're learning and developing their own ideas. Um, about the world, about themselves. I'm really drawn to seventh and eighth grade because personally I had, those were really my hard growing up years. And so I have a heart for them because honestly, generally a lot of um, educators, whether they're secondary or elementary, they're like, whoa, you want seventh and eighth? Like that's unheard of. Everybody wants like AP seniors and juniors. Um, But I love seventh and eighth because I feel like they're misunderstood. And um, I just love them. And and so far, I've worked with so many seventh and eighth graders, and um, they're they're great. I love them. That's super cool. Um, and it's like right before the whole time of stress before high school. Mm-hmm. And like going from high school to college is almost even more enjoyable. Well, definitely yeah. way more enjoyable because for one thing, you've already been through it. For another thing, it's like a a big step up like there's a lot more things you can do a lot more yep. availability all that all those different things you don't have to wear uniforms Woo. yeah i do that was I the biggest that was the biggest weirdest thing and was freshman year i walked because yep. middle school wore uniforms high school wore uniforms k through 12th yep Whole time uniforms. And then college. The and in whole college, first week, college, I had to pick out outfits. College, I walked in in just like my normal attire and I felt so out of place. I felt like <laughs> I was like walking around in public in my pajamas, which I which sounds like fun. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just super, it, it was just super odd. And then like first day of school, I watched people like eating in class and I was like, no way. This is so cool. Traditional schools <laughs> had us. <laughs> I know. It was, it was hilarious. But, um, but yeah, teachers, they define childhoods and youths growing yeah. up. Um, even those that didn't like teachers, like, um, mm-hmm. uh, which was me. I, there were, I so when didn't like teachers. I was a bad student. I'm not a bad student. <laughs> you were pretty bad. I didn't have great grades. I was, I was passionate and successful when I liked the topic and the teacher, because if I could tell that a teacher did not want to be there, I was like, you feel like we are wasting your time and I'm waste- you're wasting my time. So now I'm going to be a stinker. No, I was never bad, but like, 
I wasn't smart at all in maths and sciences. Um, so that was difficult for me. And I have this little personality trait that I found out about myself that if I can't succeed at the highest percentage, I just shut down and I would rather like not You're try. just figuring that out. Stop. <laughs> I would rather not try then fail too hard, which I'm I'm getting better at trying new things and just going for stuff. But if I'm not interested, but I am like side note, I'm a great college student because I love what I'm doing and I know what I'm doing. And my professors are passionate and the students around me are passionate to be there. I just thrive off of um, passion. So there were for sure obviously teachers that I didn't like and and I am not asking every student to be absolutely in love with me or my classroom or being at school like it's okay was there ever like a distinct switch in like that whole not not the work ethic or school ethic or anything or even grades or whatever Mm -hmm. but um specifically about teachers or you yourself being a teacher um I feel like it was a lot during the soccer era yeah in, um, well, soccer, my coach just, he really shaped me in my high school years. Shout out to USA Soccer, Coach Mike. Hope you hear this. Um, and around high school, I had more passionate teachers. My art teacher became a really good friend of mine who's still my good friend. Um, in high school, they became more friends and they treated me more of like an adult than demeaning me or I don't know putting me down for grades so again the subjects I love and I was passionate about art literature I loved um psychology and humanities my economics teacher was pretty great so I didn't mind that either um creative writing um PE the Teachers who loved to be there, I loved to be there with them. I didn't realize how I treated teachers until I started going into college and like looking back and like just the things we learned about um, students and just once you once I started putting in all that work in university and realized, oh my word, all my teachers just wanted the best for me and I was like didn't realize that I didn't realize that they kind of chose to be there and wanted to pour into me I was like you get a paycheck I don't get I don't get paid to be here you know um that was me and so it was more like in college when I realized like wow treatment of teachers so honestly while I was going to middle and high school there was not really a change that I could recognize in me towards so then my how'd educators. You, so then how'd you choose education to get into for for college? Like if there See, was See those those people changed me, but it wasn't um I didn't realize that that's what was happening while it was happening. So those people were changing me, but um it was my last semester of senior year when I realized I wanted to be an English teacher. I just know it was the Lord because I honestly have no idea how I even came to that. I went to a college prep school my whole life and I had no idea what I wanted to do or even if I, I didn't really want to go to college. Um, And then bam, um, 
it was senior year and I was like I want to be an English teacher and I think it was those leadership roles the um I toured Grand Canyon University and absolutely fell in love and nothing else like I didn't even consider anything else at that time while I was like looking at colleges I just wanted to be an English teacher so I was only looking at those programs um so I can't even really explain it. It just was like once I heard it or decided, I was like, wow, English is a perfect fit. Teaching is a perfect fit. And that's like the only thing I ever want to do. And basically have not looked back since. If there's one thing in particular that you could pass off to your students, what would that be? Um, wow, that was um, again, I am still a, a, um, novice. Yeah. Uh, but I would say this sounds super basic, but just be nice to everybody. Um, there's a quote that says, Ooh, I think it's Plato or Aristotle or something. And it says, Ooh. um, be kind to everyone for everyone is going through a battle that you cannot see. And in your classroom, you're standing in the front, you have the attention and you have the power to build a community in your classroom and you have the power, it's kind of like being a parent for a couple hours a day, you have the power to make or break these children, not even their days, you can like make or break their outlook on life or their belief in themselves and you are dealing with so many, I mean, if you look back on, on middle school and like everything your friends or you were going through, whether it's parents or homes or sicknesses or complexes, like your students, or even if it's just like a lot of homework or stress or anxiety or drama, that's, that's a lot of middle school, junior high things. Um, and, and them being forced to go out out into this world and make all these big decisions, but they're still kind of being treated like children, but they're going to high school. So they're not, they're still not quite adults, but they're preteens. Um, and just everything that goes on, I want to treat my students with respect. So they treat others with respect. I want to basically raise kind, nice students because I will be doing the best within my power to, you know, treat people because I don't know what battles they're going through. I will try my best to be there for them. And I want them to learn that as well because a lot of that um, junior high stuff is is within their peers. And so I think kindness and respect and being good people is ultimately, um, and just that, I, just instilling in them by the time they leave me that they believe they can do anything. Wow. That's Stop. like crazy. I thought it would have been conjugating verbs. No, I don't even like or that. Adjectives. It's okay. it's okay. Do you even have to touch on that? Oh, or is yeah. That That's my whole job. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> I'm going to be crying every time we have to do sentence fragments. I'm just going to be real with them and be like, 
hey guys, I hate this too. No, you never need this in life. But respect me because I'm trying. Yeah. If we do this, then we can play a Kahoot, okay? We're all in this together. Yeah. Because I feel like, side side note, side rant, um, one time my professor in my education class, he was like, okay, guys, we just really have to, like, be open-minded because everybody in here is probably becoming a teacher because you loved school and you were the smartest kid. And everybody around me was nodding their head, and I was like, whoa. That is not me. And at first I was just like, oh my, am I qualified for this? Like, <laughs> am I supposed to be super, super smart? Because that's not that's not where we're at. That's um, when you stand up. Wrong class. Like, my bad. I'm, yeah, I'm supposed to be an arts major. <laughs> um, which I love, which was going to be my second option. So I'm not judging you. Right um, after nursing. Stop. That was just a phase. I wanted what? to be an EMT nurse. Oh, I thought you knew that. I didn't know that. Yeah. What? Yeah. I didn't um, know that. And but then, I literally, I, I, I looked don't, at the books and nah. No, I don't mind like blood and stuff, but like hospitals made me real queasy. So that was a no. Um, <laughs> You'd rather just I have was screaming talking. kids. Listen. I'm um, listening. Sheesh. <laughs> so my professor was like, so you're all super smart. And I was like, I am not. I am not in that category, but I realized because I had more teachers who were just super real and super open. And I realized that I might be able to connect with my students more because I didn't enjoy school and just be like, Hey, like I know, but like you have to be here. So let's enjoy our time together and let's learn what we can. Let's learn, you know, themes and life skills and interesting things you know, we still have to do grammar, but, you know, I don't know. Let's have fun with it. And so that's that's my take on it. Because, I mean, the ratio of your middle school class who is going to adore being in school and want to be a teacher when they grow up is significantly slim Point compared zero, to the zero, kids zero, 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 who zero. are like, I don't want to be here. So... Shout out to all my middle school homies. <laughs> uh, any closing words? Um, anything that you want to say to your future students? Whoa. Whoa. Good luck. <laughs> Good. Miss <laughs> Peterson is crazy. <laughs> she has no idea what she's doing. I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, but really. Re- just respect her and you'll pass maybe. Yeah. I will. I will send you to the principal's office, but not if we're friends. If you're on your phone, I will take it and I will take pictures on it, but you'll get it back. Just don't do that in my class. But by the time you're like actually like really good at teaching, it's probably going to be like something else. Oh, they're going to have like chips in their heads. Yeah. And they're going to be texting each other in their brains. They're going to be twitching their eye to texting their friend across the class. Oh, kids are so technologically advanced. It's terrifying. Oh, and what's your favorite um, law about teaching? Stop. No. Yeah. No, I'm not saying that on air. Ah, come on. No, really. (laughs) It's a joke. I all just right. gave him the evil eyes to uh, all the listeners out oh there. Oh my. Anyways. Well Where else? You don't want to know about me as a person? I will I'm do that kidding. another time. Okay. Cause that's gonna be another 
Oh no. Another big. Anyways, um, how did you come up with the idea for Quarant Talk? As we're leaving. Um. Well, the idea before it became a joint effort. It was just just for the fans, for the masses. For it was man, my for the views. Kayla Peterson. It was my brainchild. Um, but I am happy and excited to Stand in front of the mic. share it. I'm sitting here. <laughs> to share it with Vention because I think I believe it's the perfect platform to do that with. Um I just Oh, okay. So I've been doing oh. these because I was like, where did it come from? I'm just brilliant. That's where it came from. No. Um I think yes, we all and have no. realized that just now. <laughs> yeah, that I'm brilliant. I know. Uh. Um so I was, oh man, I have the attention span of like Dory, so. Um, good luck, kids. <laughs> good, good luck, chinning. <laughs> um, what, what did you ask? I, I, I remember, but talks. I'm not going to, okay. No, you didn't remember. I, you forgot. Of, of course I remember. We okay. have a billboard right in front of us. That is correct. It doesn't say anything I needed to say, though. <laughs> um. Project Quarant Talks. Actually, it stemmed from I. Wow, this is gonna go way far back. This is a long Quit. back story. Quit. Sorry. Um, this was for closing. I love social media. I love people, but I know social media can rob your time, and I wanted True. to it to be a more uplifting, interesting place. So um, I was like, maybe I should delete snapchat during quarantine and then i was like i need people so what i decided to do is daily questions and some of them have been super deep some of them have been super not deep like today was what's your favorite pickup line <laughs> but it's fun and it's started a Can lot we of read some of those yeah afterwards yeah in a minute um come to um part two of this talk on uh worth mentioning to hear some pickup lines Kay. continue so, some of these, it's just sprouted a lot of really interesting conversations. I mean, be it short or quick, or some of them have been super long and deep because people can post their questions and they're not going anywhere. They're just coming to me. So, I've talked to a lot of people I wouldn't necessarily DM otherwise, or we wouldn't be chatting, or maybe we're like, maybe they don't even, maybe they know me through a friend and they just followed me, which is super sweet, and have decided to start a conversation. So it's stemmed a lot of really cool interaction. Anyways, one of my questions was, if you, if you had the opportunity to present a TED Talk, what would it be about? And I was getting these incredible answers. Again, Christian and I can have like a million things we would talk about, but I didn't know if people like are thinking the same way. I didn't know if people were, you know, open to something like that. So people started coming up with the craziest, greatest ideas. And a lot of people were reaching out and I was like, this has to be a thing. Like, why not just get a bunch of calls in, get a bunch of videos and it's and like do it ourselves. Yeah. Do it ourselves. And so that's where that came from. I, I think maybe it sort of sprouted from a little bit of a selfish seed because I always thought doing a TED Talk would be so cool. 
So you just decide because we've do it yourself. We've <laughs> been to we've been to a TED talk. I was oh, asked I'm to be so on sorry. one or to apply, but I was gone. Wow. I was out of the country. You're so cool. I want to be like you. I want to so, be like you. Oh, oh. I want to walk like you. Walk like you. It's true. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I okay. Um. So I've always thought it would be really cool to do a, a, a TED talk. Uh, but now that I'm like putting it together, like I had no idea. I have no idea what I was going to say. And I still haven't filmed it yet. I do have a script, but I was absolutely terrified. So like that original selfish fear was in vain because I, I was then terrified to to carry out. But I'm doing it. And I and anyone listening to this should participate. Absolutely, hit up Ventionable at Instagram or Facebook, Facebook or Twitter. Twitter. I would say if you have Instagram, check that one out first because the most information is going to be there. Or check out Ventionable.com and participate. I don't know what time you're listening to this, whether it will be five months from now or in a week, but participate. Send them in. I don't think we're going to be in quarantine for another five months. That doesn't mean you can't be I know, creative. I know, I know. Cool, 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 cool. All right. So, thank you, Kayla. My thank sis. Thank you. My, my bro. Thank you, my bro. Um, my brother from the same mother. Ay, ay, ay. All right. So, thank you for being here. Um, what's your favorite poem? Um, Masks by Shel Silverstein. I am honestly... Come back for part two uh, of, or the second part of this for, uh, for Masks by Shel Silverstein. And pickup lines. And pickup lines. And a bunch of other random stuff. Who knows? Well, thank you again, again. Um, again everybody again. out there, stay creative. Continue to be inspiring even during this isolating time. Make the most of it. And we'll see you next time. We got this. Peace.